Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Everybody, how are you all doing? All right, good to see you guys. I am happy winter is over. Anyone else happy winter is over? Couple people happy. I am ready for flip flops, shorts, and uh, and t-shirts. Uh, for me, spring kind of means um bye bye to a lot of things. Bye bye snow. It means bye bye uh, sweaters. It means bye bye comfort food. I don't know about you, but for me, I will miss this most about winter, comfort food. Uh, There's something about the snow that makes me want to hibernate with a cheeseburger and coffee for about nine months and then come up for for spring. And that's why what we do whenever it gets cold. We all love comfort food. God said it was good. But when spring, it kind of means it's like time for spring cleaning. It's like um, we put away the bad habits of winter and we start fresh. We start over. We start simple. simple. Pure and simple is this apple. Pure and simple is water. Oh, yeah, a little bit of that. Mm. That's refreshing, huh? Well, I want to welcome you to a series that I'm very, um, I'm excited about, but I'm also a little nervous because I'm like, man, we've never done this. I bet people are going to run screaming when they hear what this is about. Because it's called Fast, 21 Days to Breakthrough, and it's really a series about body and soul and how God designed one to be a doorway to the other. Fasting or uh, using your eating habits in order to draw closer to God, honestly, is not something that a lot of people are anxious to talk about, because I would just, let's face it, we'll be honest, we live in a fast food culture, yeah? The vast majority of the world eats for one reason, they eat because they're hungry. But as Americans, we eat and drink when we feel, um, when we feel tired, right? As the Apostle Paul says, you give me strength for battle. You know he was drinking a grande mocha when he wrote Philippians. That's just the way it is. Quick show of hands, how many of you start the day with coffee? You are a caffeine addict, self-confessed, okay, two or three, uh, you know, a day. You know what the fastest growing church in America is, yeah? St. Arbucks. There's a, temple on, there's a temple on every corner. They have a very loyal congregation. We eat when we're tired. We eat when we feel stressed, right? Ah, oh, chocolate, my comfort and delivery. You know, the psalmist was talking about a Milky Way. We eat when we are kind of frazzled or anxious or feel tempted, Mmm, donuts, right? On the fifth day, God created Krispy Kreme. Some of you, I am guessing, may have actually started eating your bulletin at this point. There are four different versions. Did you guys see this? There, there are four different versions. You can collect all four. My favorite is the breakfast sandwich. I love that. That gives new meaning to Matthew 11, right? My yoke is easy and light. 
As Americans, we eat for all sorts of reasons that have little to do with hunger and thirst. We eat when we're sad, right? Nothing like a pint of haagen to like assuage the, the pain of a breakup, right? We eat when we're bored. Have you ever opened the refrigerator door and been like, I'm not even hungry. <laughs> what am I looking for in here, right? When you're bored at work, I, we go to Doritos. We have a whole like chips container that we just raid the student ministry. We go right in there, man. We eat all their stuff up, right? I mean, we live in this McDonald's land world of kind of instant gratification. We can order whatever we want, whenever we want it. Um, you know, kind of the jingle, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. It's hard to, meet, to believe that there was a time when food actually served a very simple purpose, and that was survival. You only drank something because you were thirsty, not low on five-hour energy, right? You ate something because you needed nourishment, not just kind of like a carb fix. But this is not a series about, you know, feeling guilty for what we eat, okay? In fact, did you know this? The Bible actually says food can be used legitimately for another purpose besides just survival. From the very beginning in ancient times, food, what we eat and what we don't, has always been a powerful tool for drawing closer to God himself. Some of you are like, oh, I know when I have a Krispy Kreme, I'm in heaven. I know. (laughs) They say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And really the same is true for God. The one of the ways that God's heart is through our bellies. And what I'm talking about is fasting. What is fasting? Simply stated, fasting is refraining from physical food for a spiritual purpose. We intentionally say no to certain appetites in order to create a deeper hunger for the things of God. You understand what I'm saying? Fasting is saying, I am so hungry in my life for the touch of God, for his, for his direction for me, the decisions I'm facing, for his, for his favor, for his blessing, for his breakthrough. I'm so hungry for that. I'm more hungry for him than I am for a hamburger. Have you ever experienced that kind of hunger for God? Like, I mean, think about the last time you were thirsty, right? In the middle of the summer when it's scorching 105 degrees, you're out there playing your guy, I gotta have water, I gotta have... Have you ever felt that way about God? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and what? Thirst for righteousness, for they will be what? filled. Filled with what? What's Jesus talking about here? Is he talking about physical hunger and thirst? Is he talking about spiritual? Or is it possible there's a connection between the two? See, fasting or giving up food and drink in order to grow closer to God is honestly one of the secret sources of spiritual power all throughout scripture. Without fail, fasting can actually bring you into a deeper, more powerful relationship with the Lord this spring. I really believe that. A sense of renewal in your life, of actually seeing God's tangible power through his spirit poured out in your life in a fresh way. Jenison Franklin, who wrote the New York Times best-selling book, Fasting, he says this, he says, fasting has always been a normal part of the Christian life. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. Now, some of you may be like, oh, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Is this about Lent, man? Man, I'm not, I'm not, pfft. I'll tithe, man. I'm, you can have my money. You ain't taking my three musketeers, dude. Get this straight. If you are resistant to this notion of fasting, I'm not surprised because there's a lot of confusion out there. So I want to clarify for you what fasting is not. If you're taking notes, know this. Fasting is not about dieting. This is not about weight loss, okay? You're fitting your skinny jeans. We're not doing this series to help our congregation get in shape, though here's the deal. Fasting will have a profound impact on your physical health. But fasting is not dieting. It's also not just for the super spiritual, Um, That's what a lot of people think. Someone said, oh man, I'm not that hardcore. Isn't that fasting? Isn't that something that monks do in a cave somewhere? You know, like I remember growing up in the church, um, I never fasted, but we had a couple people in our church who did and they were like really old and very, very cranky. Fasting did not make them more Christ-like. It made them more cranky and very grim and sober. 
But fasting is actually something that Jesus not only himself did, but expected that all of his followers would do. This is amazing. In Matthew 6, I don't know, I haven't never seen this, but in the Beatitudes, Jesus gives this sermon where he kind of outlines for his disciples how they're supposed to live as children of God. And he specifically calls out three things. He says this. He says, so when you give, when you pray, and when you what? When you fast. Give, pray, fast. Can we say these together? Give, pray, fast. This is Jesus's expectations. And most of us have no argument like with the prayer part. We're like, well, anybody wants to get closer with God, he's got to talk to him. A lot of us give. We, we give part of our income because we want our heart to be with the things of God where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. But Jesus goes, so when you fast, now this is a tricky one because you're like, well, I thought this was, was, was optional. And, and Jesus is like, what do you mean? You, you say you want to grow closer to, to the Lord, to your heavenly father. Well, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Jesus made it very clear to his first century disciples that fasting like tithing or praying was a normal part of the Christian life. And suddenly you realize that fasting actually isn't optional for a committed follower of Jesus. It's a, it's a practice, but it's a privilege. It's one of the ways we get to grow closer to God and draw in intimately to our relationship with him. Now, don't mis- mishear me, okay? We live under grace. We're not required to do these things as if they're going to, like, earn God's favor. We already have God's favor because of Jesus Christ. But what we're encouraged to do is draw closer to him. And Jesus says, these are three vital practices that all my followers will benefit from, Jesus says. So let me ask you this question, okay, just to kind of just click with me. Is it possible you are missing in your life some of God's greatest breakthroughs because you have failed to draw closer to him through the three channels he's presented to his disciples from the beginning of the first century? Is it possible there are areas of your life right now where you're like, man, I just feel stuck. I feel like I never got, that actually God longs to answer your prayers, actually you to draw on his power, actually break through in your life. But because he's like, I, I just want to see if you're serious about this. Do you really hunger for me? Do you really want this badly? L- let, let me show you how this works. Because fasting is about emptying ourselves so God can fill us with his Holy Spirit in a brand new way. Biblical fasting has been a source of power in the lives of men and women of faith all throughout the, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there are really three types of fasts in the Bible. If you're taking notes, the first one is called an absolute fast. And this is where you stop eating and drinking completely for a day or two. If you've ever had surgery, or you maybe had a doctor's exam, maybe you had to like, you know, fast, you not eat or anything. But in the Bible, an absolute fast is really used to seek God's favor during a time of crisis, okay? For instance, in the book of Esther, the Jewish people are actually faced with annihilation. They're going to wipe out the Jews. And Queen Esther sends a message asking her people to fast with her before she goes to see the king. She says this in Esther 4. She says, go gather all the Jews together and fast for me. Then she says, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. And when this is done, I'll go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. Now, for those of you ladies, this is your moment. You've been studying Esther in our Beth Moore Bible study. Did she perish? No. In fact, the fate of that entire nation changed. For three days, the people did not eat. They did not drink. And what happened? God broke through in that crisis, acted powerfully on Esther's behalf, and actually not just saved Esther, but saved the entire nation. Not only were the Jews spared, but her enemy, Haman, was actually hanged on the gallows that he built. So a reversal, a dramatic salvation of the entire nation happened because one woman One woman said, I'm going to give up food and water for three days. Breakthrough. Is there someone in your life who's in need of salvation? You're like, man, they would just, their heart is so hard to God. Things of God, he'll never, they'll never, they'll never find Jesus. They will never even go to church. 
Really? God says, how hungry are you for salvation in your family and in, in, in your life? The second type of fast is a supernatural fast. And it's called that because really, you go so long without food or drink, it's impossible to survive without the Holy Spirit. I do not medically recommend this. This is something Moses did, something Jesus did, all right? When Moses received the Ten Commandments from God, he went without food and water for 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai. Exodus 34, 28 says this, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. This was a supernatural fast where God's Spirit empowered Moses in this kind of supernatural way. And what was the result after 40 days of this? He literally received revelation out of the mouth of God himself. He went up to the mountain. He sought God with fasting. He denied himself, and God said, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments, the moral code on which ancient civilization all the way to 21st century will be built. And I'm giving it to you. 40 days without food or water is a long time, yeah? But we've heard that before somewhere. Or we heard it later, 2,000 years later in the New Testament. When Jesus began his ministry, where did he spend 40 days and 40 nights? In the wilderness, yeah. Matthew 4 says... Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, let's say it together, he was hungry. You think? And Satan comes in and he says, Jesus, I'm going to tempt you. The biggest temptation known to man. Tell these stones to become an Asiago cheese bagel. Do it. I dare you. Why did Jesus fast? This is the Son of God with all the powers of heaven at his disposal. This has huge spiritual significance, folks, because this happened before Jesus launched his public ministry. This is prior. He had never performed one miracle at this point. He had never healed a single person. He had never preached with power. He had never cast out demons. But after he's baptized, the first thing the Holy Spirit does is lead Jesus into the desert for a season of fasting. See, with Moses, sometimes the Holy Spirit takes a man to the top of the mountain, but sometimes he leads us into the desert for a season of self-denial. We're actually going to push away from the table and say, I want my flesh to toughen my soul. Would you toughen me up for the battle ahead? I mean, I want you to imagine going for a week without food or water, right? Talk about crucifying your flesh. God was literally preparing Jesus for the sacrifice that he would make one day for you and me. We receive communion, his, his body, his blood, his, the bread, the wine. Jesus was hungry and weak, but this is how God actually chose to empower him for the salvation of the world. And the results were epic, yeah? The moment Jesus left the desert, he walks out there, and it's like the power is raiding out. He just like casts out demons. He's healing the blind, raising the dead. It's an amazing, because fasting weakens our flesh, but it strengthens our spirit with God's spirit. It's a discipline. It's one of the ways God prepares your soul for battle. How many of you would even say you're facing a battle at this point? Maybe you're in a hostile situation at work, Maybe it's a battle within your family. Maybe it's a battle at school. You've got enemies coming at you from every side, but fasting is one of God's weapons that he gives us to fight in his strength, not ours. Now, obviously, supernatural fast, this is extreme, okay? <laughs> but it's a dramatic way of declaring one's utter dependence on God and God alone for strength and breakthrough in your life, in your ministry, whatever it is that God's entrusted you with. The third type of fast is a partial fast. And, uh, where only certain foods are removed for a limited length of time. Probably the best-known partial fast was a Dan done by Daniel, yeah? When he sought the Lord in the Old Testament, his fast was for 21 days and involved eating only three things, fruits, vegetables, and drinking water, okay? Daniel said, okay, for 10 days, nothing but fruit, vegetables, water. I'm going to war. And this is a fast I want to illustrate for you, okay? I want to challenge you to consider this 
this spring as a way of drawing closer to God and actually perhaps seeing breakthrough in your own life in an area that is roadblocked or stuck. I want you to take out your Bible out, all right? Turn up to Daniel chapter 1, show you how this works. Page 615, the background of Daniel is war, all right? King Nebuchadnezzar conquers Jerusalem. He sacks the temple. He takes a whole bunch of young men back to Babylon. Does anyone know where Babylon is, by the way? Modern day? Yeah. Modern day Iraq. Thank you, Chris. You got it. Modern day Iraq, okay? We're talking about Baghdad here. That's where Daniel is. And Daniel is one of these young men taken to serve in the palace of the king. And the first step to brainwash these guys, check it, is through their daily diet, yeah? Verse 5 of Daniel 1 says this, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Now just stop there, and I want you to absorb this. God's people are taken hostage. And the first attempt to get to brainwash them, to get them to conform to the culture, is to feed them comfort food. Food from the king. Have you ever seen king's food? Let, let me show you what king's food looks like. I want to illustrate this for you. Eric, can you wheel king's food on in here? I want to show you so you get a real good picture of this. Up close, make this real for you. Thank you, Eric. Eric is the uh, Vanna White of liquid. Can we thank Eric? Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. You've never seen king's food? Behold, the food of kings. Here it is. Food fit for a king. Let's see what we got in here. We got all sorts of good stuff in here, man. We got, uh, we got, oh, we got cocoa puffs. We got to salute the captain there. We got the good stuff in here. Oh, look at this. Who doesn't love fluff? Anybody like, can't even believe it's a food product. We got, Re- we got Red Bull. Look at this. We're going to high energy drinks. We, got, um, we just went there and got a little sample from the bakery. We got all sorts of stuff. We've got uh, chicken fingers. We've got butterfly shrimp. We've got bagels. We've got Diet Coke. We've, this is one of my favorites. I love this. Can you even see what this is? Look at this. It's a bag of chips, but it's baby back ribs potato chips. Some genius said... Ribs plus chips. How do I get that in me as quickly as possible? Hence that, you know, this. It's amazing what we've got here. Mac and cheese. We got comfort food. We got hot cross buns. We got Stelladoro. We got... Twi- oh, everyone bow down. Behold, the deep dish pizza. You got to bow down to that thing. We got all sorts of thing here. Tostitos. We got... We got um, the key about king's food, you see, is it has to be a delicacy. Did you know that? The King James Version uses the word delicacies meaning it was the richest food. It was the sweetest food. It was the best thing you ever possibly tasted. And the whole idea here, guys, actually, it wasn't just food. It was also wine. Let me see. Let me just see here for a minute. Hold on. We don't have, we got Chips Ahoy. We got Nutter Butter, the whole thing. We, ha- we don't have uh, wine. Oh, we don't have wine. Apologies. But we have the king of beers. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right up there. We can leave that up there and let all the Baptists go crazy. Sorry. We just put that up there. Got, got it all up there. You get the whole idea? This, this is, so this is a feast from, from, from the king. You got it now? The king's table was full of the best food. It, it, was, the, it was the choicest. We got, what is this? What is this? Raspberry shortbread. We it, was the, it was the choicest meats. Okay? It was the, this, the most succulent steaks. It was the headiest alcohol there was. That's, that's what it was. And this is clever. Because Nebuchadnezzar says, I got it. I'm going to use comfort food. 
in order to get these guys under my spell. Ah, steak. Ah, oh, here's a good one. Let me look at this one. This is a sweet runner right here. Let me open this one up. We, got, we may have an icing malfunction. I'm just going to do go for it, though. We got to look at this thing. We got a carrot cake from King's right here. Steak, cake. What do you want, Daniel? Oh, that looks really good. Can you kind of, you know, do the whole thing? Welcome to Babylon. Welcome. You're going to like it here. I would think so, okay? And, and, and the idea here, guys, is once you tasted the king's food, you were hooked because you craved it. And suddenly, you depended on the king. But what does Daniel do? Look at this. Verse 8. Look at it. But Daniel what? Resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And then he asked the chief official for permission not to partake this way. Resolve is a strong word. Would you circle it in your notes? It's where we get the word resolution. It resolves. It means you're going to make a really hard decision. You're going to make a commitment to something out of principle. It's going to hurt you, but you don't care the consequences. I'm making a vow before God. And Daniel stuck to his guns. He resolved. He says, you're not going to control this or this by what goes in this. And so he comes up to this guard in charge and he says, I got an alternative. Look at verse 12. This is crafty. He says, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but what? Vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the other young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. In other words, Daniel's like, King, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to dull my appetite for God and get me to depend on on you. I, I, I see your plan. And I come against your plan with the power, your carrot cake, with the power of this. With an all-natural organic carrot. Eat that, king. And it's an act of high rebellion. It, you understand, this is high rebellion, guys. This is like, people are like, are you kidding me? It's an amazing, amazing thing for him to come against this. And I understand this is kind of silly, but Daniel's serious. This is hardcore. This is an act of defiance against this corrupt regime, this culture that he is taken captive in. And he says, for 10 days, you give us nothing but what? Vegetables to eat and water to drink. You talk about serious fast. Daniel gave up meat, chicken, fish, baked goods, Budweiser, Snapple, everything. This is a serious hunger strike against hell. And you may think, well, that's foolish. Why would Daniel do this? Why would you weaken yourself? You need strength to fight this evil king. But his captors go along with this 10-day test, and at the end of it, something amazing happens. You look at verse 15. It says, at the end of 10 days, they looked what? Healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. You you, you see what's going on here? When one of God's children found himself surrounded in his life by a culture hostile to his faith, by a culture that said, I want you to compromise your commitment to God, Daniel fasted as a weapon, as an act of hostility, of rebellion, of allegiance to his God. He said, I'm going to honor my king, not your king. And what did God do? He honored Daniel. He was healthier. He was stronger. He was more nourished. And catch this. The Bible says God poured out supernatural gifts in Daniel's life. Verse 17 says, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding. And Daniel, Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Because of his prophetic gift, 
Daniel rose in influence in that foreign government to the height of it. And nine chapters later, Daniel became God's chosen man to receive a vision that changed the history of God's people forever. You talk about breakthrough. The story of Daniel is a story of a young man who stood up and he said, you know what, I am, I am done with the king's food for a season. For a season. You can keep your comforts, king, but I'm going to honor God with my body, my mind, and my soul. And I'm going to seek you in a crisis because I hunger for you, God. And God saw his sacrifice and he, he rewarded him. That's the power of fasting. See, there's, in God's economy, there's something about empty vessels that God just can't resist filling with his spirit in a supernatural way. This Daniel fast that we read about in chapter 1, this is the partial fast that I would like you to consider doing for 21 days this spring. The, the challenge I have for you, the question I want to ask is, if you, if you intentionally in your life pushed away from the king's table for three weeks this spring, actually said no to your flesh, to some of just the normal everyday things that your body craves, do you think God would honor that? If you actually said, God, I am seeking your direction in my life. I am at a crossroads. I don't know who to marry, what house to buy, what I need breakthrough. Would you fill me with more of you? That's what I'm craving. My, we make Romans 10 a reality. My body is a living sacrifice. Do you think God would hear that? That he would honor the cry of your heart, honor your resolve? See, what's important about Daniel's experience was not so much his diet. It's not about the diet. It's about the heart behind it. Daniel said, I'm trusting God with everything. And I have an appetite for him that makes me more hungry for spiritual food than the comfort food that I physically crave. And God said, I see it and I honor that. That's what fasting's about. So when we talk about a Daniel fast, it's important to remember this. We are not trying to duplicate Daniel's menu as much as the spirit in which he fasted and sought the Lord. And here's the deal. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to do a Daniel fast. It's for anyone who just wants a deeper connection with God and says, I'm willing to try an experiment for three weeks to see if God would honor that this spring. Maybe you've never fasted before in your life. Who has never actually fasted? Just raise your hand. Okay, I, I hadn't until this year, okay? Yeah, oh, great. The Daniel fast is an extremely accessible entry-level fast. It's, it's nutritious. It's very simple. It's very simple. You, you know what you do? You give up meats. You give up breads. You give up alcohol. You give up everything else except fruit, vegetables, and What? water. That's what Daniel did. And the idea is I'm intentionally going to give up something physical, the comfort food that I crave for strength, and say, God, I trust in you to strengthen me with your Holy Spirit in a way I've never been filled before. Fresh power, fresh revelation in the areas of your life where maybe you need it most. Maybe you need breakthrough at your job. You're facing a crossroads. I don't know which one to take. I've been out of work. I can't get an interview. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're seeking healing or you're weighing a decision. Scripture says the stomach can actually be a gateway to the soul. And the Daniel fast is basically a way to train you to hunger and thirst after God and draw close to him for a new way. Uh, I need to tell you, it is powerful, um, honestly, uh, because I began my own Daniel fast uh, a little bit over two weeks ago now in anticipation of the series. I wanted to just be out a little bit out in front of you guys and actually fast on your behalf. I've been fasting for you for, for day, tomorrow is day 14, okay, for me. And uh, I am completely off of coffee at this point, which is akin to raising the dead. This is a miracle, okay, in my life, all right? 
Um, the Dunkin' Donuts, I'll just be candid, the Dunkin' Donuts by me, they know me by, by, by name, by my face. I don't know if they know my name, but when I walk in, the guy behind the counter goes, extra large pumpkin spice coffee, two milks, no sugars. Uh, he knows my order by heart. It's just like he automatic, like, and I came in, I was like, no, no, it's okay. And uh, candidly, I have never had such clarity in my prayers, in my prayers for our church on, on, on your behalf, a, a hunger for God's word. And I, my prayer is I want to see God blow the doors off this church this spring. I am praying for revival. Something is happening here in the last couple months. Do you sense that? Does anybody else sense that? You got your antenna up, your spirit, you figuring this out? We had over a dozen people come to Christ last week. They gave their lives at the cross. They said, Jesus, take all of me. I'm, I'm fasting for a fresh outpouring of God's spirit on every man and woman here, every child, that God would just grip our hearts in a fresh way to see what he wants to do and that we will actually see salvations this spring towards Easter, that we will see breakthrough blessings on families, on people's finances, in every area that God has the power to transform when he senses you're hungry for it. Is anyone else hungry for breakthrough here? Join me for the Daniel fast next week. You'll actually be able um, to eat a wide variety of food. In fact, we enclose a list in your program if you want to pull that out. Looks like this. You, you see the Big Mac attack on the front there? Okay? Don't freak out yet, okay? On the back, you see a list of what foods you can eat and what to avoid. You can kind of see on there, there's, there's a list of, you know, obviously fruits. It's wide open. These are fresh, frozen, dried juice, canned. You can do apples, apricots, bananas. I won't read the whole list. Vegetables of all sort, brown rice, liquids, water, fruit juice, whatever. Um, nuts, seeds, that kind of stuff. But you're going to avoid, basically, it's very easy. It's meats, it's breads, and it's anything besides to drink besides water. So you're going to avoid, yeah, give up big stuff. You're going to be giving up, you know, dairy, cheese, and eggs. Oh, no way, man. What about my omelet, right? To me, the big one is the water drinking, okay? Because this is going to mean, for some of you, this is going to be, let me just get this, hold on, excuse me, let me get this. Oh, gosh, there's the, the, we have opened the spirit in this church because the beer just shattered all over the place. Well, that's, a, that's going to be a charge we will assume. Um, this is going to have to be, for some of you, this is going to be your moment to say, like Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. You're actually going to give up caffeine for, for 21 days. Can you imagine going through life? You're like, what would I do? At three in the afternoon, when I hit that wall, you're going to pray. When you fast, you feast on God's word. You, when, when, when you fast, you actually press into him in a deeper way. And so this is going to be a very, very, it's, it's going to be a radical thing for some of you because it's going to expose your crutches, all the things that we rely on in our life for comfort. Um, candidly, um, every morning for the last three years when I've gotten up on Sunday to get here and teach God's word to you, I've gotten up early and done two things. I've prayed for God's spirit to fill me, and then I have gone to Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, America runs on Dunkin', and so does Tim Lucas. And this was a reality check for me, because the first two days of my fast, I got crazy headaches. I had to meet with people. I met with some of you. You probably were like, What's, why is he twitching like that? But while I was meeting with you, twitching like that, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, you got to fill me with your spirit because I don't have the caffeine I need right now. <laughs> Honestly, and God's been doing it. And it's, it's like after the first week, fog has parted in my life. It's like I, can, I, I see things more clearly. Lunch will be a challenge if you're a foodie. If you're a fast foodie, if you're used to the buffets or the drive through that's out. Anything with preservatives, fillers, chemicals. The whole idea here, guys, catch this. Fasting is a detox for your body, but also for your soul. 
because you're using that time to fill yourself with spiritual food. You're feasting on God's word. You're praying. You're actually pressing into God. Here's the deal. Prayer is the real power behind fasting. If you fast without praying, listen, don't do it. All you're doing is dieting. I would recommend some of you don't, e- don't even do the fast with food because some of you food is such an issue. It's a control issue for you or, or, or whatever that is. Fasting without praying is all you're doing is dieting. And this is not about looking better in your swimsuit or something. This is about saying, I'm going to take the time that I normally would have used to prepare food to get, <laughs> to get my frosted flakes out and uh, to cook up the bacon in the morning. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open the scriptures and actually use that time. I'm going to redeem 30 minutes of my day to start my day. If you haven't had devotionals ever before, to press into God and say, fill me up today with your spirit for what I have ahead. It's taking that time you would have gone out to a restaurant to actually seek God, meditate on scripture. God is not impressed when we give up coffee. (laughs) But when you say, I'm actually sacrificing my Starbucks for 21 days, God, because in three weeks, I want to hear your voice more clearly than I've ever heard in my life. In in, In 21 days, I need to know God what you want me to do with my future so I can obey your will for my life. That gets God's attention. Prayer and fasting is a powerful combination. I'm going to show you this next week. It's crazy. At one point, the disciples, they go out to cast out demons because Jesus says, go cast out demons, and they're doing it all over the place. And they're like, there's this one crazy demon that won't come out. And Jesus comes, oh, I'll take care of that. And he takes care of it. And then he says, oh, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. They're like, there's a formula? What? We've been praying, but he goes, hey, you haven't been fasting. If you want God, how bad do you want God's power? This was Jesus' expectation for his disciples. He said, when you give, when you pray, when you what? Fast. It's a rope of three cords. They're all connected. So when you hit that three o'clock wall at work or school next week, you know, instead of, oh, you know, we had to throw this one in, snack wells. Uh, You know, if you're going to cheat, cheat honestly. When you feel the craving at three o'clock, instead of allowing the king's food, the culture's food to comfort you, you're going to let your king. You're going to say, God, God, I'm just going to actually get on my knees at my desk. It's going to be weird. But Jesus, I want you to be Lord in my life. I want you to sit on the throne of my heart and my stomach. And this isn't meant to be legalistic, guys. There's no law against food, okay? There, <laughs> there should be a law against fluff, wherever that is. That should be illegal. I love that fluff container. Where is that thing? It says on the outside of the fluff container. Where is it? Where is it? On the thing? On the, oh, there it is. This is amazing. I don't know if you can even see this. It says, no fat or cholesterol. And then it says, seaside for nutrition, fact. Singular, fact. There's, here's the fact. You know, right? like, it's, like, it's like there's actually no food product in this. Marshmallow fluff. This isn't about being legalistic, guys. It may not even be food for you. But we're fasting so you can feast in God's word, and the Bible becomes your daily bread. For the next 21 days as a church, what we're going to do is this. We're going to focus on Bible reading. We're going to focus on, on, on corporate prayer, praying for one another, journaling. And for everyone who participates, we're going to actually send you a 21-day devotional. I'm going to send you that every, every day so we encourage each other. Because my question is, what, what, what could God do here in our church, our little corner of the kingdom in New Jersey? If at all our campuses, watching online, what, what might God do if we humbled ourselves, fasted and prayed and really sought his face? What, what would he do? What could he do? What's he not doing that actually he longs to do? And he says, I just want to see if they want it. Fasting and prayer is all about breakthrough, guys. What, what blessings is God waiting to release in your life? What bondages, addictions need to be broken? What relationships need to be restored? Uh, I've got to be honest with you. There is this, um, from my perspective, there is an increasing sense of desperation in our congregation over the last couple months. Um, we've seen this in the prayer requests that have been pouring in. 
they seem to be especially raw, especially um, desperate, just people crying out for God's power with, with the trials and the challenges that are all over this room. They're just like, I don't even know what to do. I lost, I don't even know. At the end of our uh, Crazy Love series, one couple came forward at one of our campuses and literally collapsed in the center of the room, sobbing and weeping. They're just holding on, sobbing and weeping. Uh, the guy, the, the husband had been having an affair. The wife had kicked him out and they hadn't been to church in months and they came that day. They come the day where we talk about purple cord in your relationship and apart from the power of God, it's doomed. And they're weeping and, 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 our, and our leaders had to help them up. And they're like, we, we came and we're hearing about the power of God to forgive sins and make all things new. And they said, can God save our marriage? We're like, yes. If he can save your soul, he can save your marriage. Can he forgive our sins? Can he, can he break through this hardened heart that's been locked in mortal combat with one another for years? Yes. There are children in our congregation who are sick, who through disease or, or injury, they have gone to specialists and it has vexed them. They don't know what it is. They don't have a diagnosis. And mom and dad want God's healing hand to break through. It's like if Jesus was here, they'd say, Jesus, can you heal my child? Yes, he can. He will. There are people facing roadblocks. You've lost your job. You're, 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 you're facing unemployment or a transition, a move, whatever it is, and the doors seem locked. I was talking with a couple, they're like, we can't sell our house. We can't get an interview. We can't move forward. They're saying their human strength is no longer enough to move forward. They say, I need God's power. And God says, before I break through to you, I want you to break through to me. And show me you're hungry. How bad do you want this? Will you really seek my face? Through fasting. Fasting was considered the ultimate act of humility in the Bible. It's one of the ways that God says, I want to reveal my will, my purpose, my mind to you. How bad do you want it? Are you hungry for God this spring? What did Jesus say? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be what? Filled. Fasting is a way to break strongholds in your life. Maybe you have an addiction that you are powerless against. Nicotine. You're like, man, it's not food for me. It's cigarettes. I don't care if it's cigarettes. I don't care if it's pot. In 21 days, you're going to be clean by God's power. Amen? You're going to be clean. We're going to see some strongholds broken. Fasting is all about telling our flesh who is boss, and it's God's spirit. It's not our flesh. There are physical benefits to this. Once you, um, I found, once you get through the first three days, um, you're gonna, your, your blood pressure is probably going to lower your cholesterol. Addictions to sugar, to caffeine, all this stuff just kind of starts going away, starts quieting down, actually. You become, there's a clarity to your prayers. It's a benefit, you know, you, 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 will, you will probably lose weight. Let's just get it out of the way. Everyone say amen. Amen. <laughs> That's not the point. But your body's going to go through a detox and so will your soul. As you press in, your prayers will gain power because you're going to wake up to God's presence in your life. You're going to see opportunities. I've witnessed to more people in the last two weeks than I did the last two years. Now, if you are, have a medical condition or you have a health concern, you've got to consult, obviously, a doctor. You shouldn't, nursing moms, pregnant ladies, okay? Diabetics shouldn't, shouldn't fast. But there are alternatives. So some of you, maybe you don't do the whole fast, okay? But you choose to eliminate one thing. Maybe it's caffeine for 21 days, right? You are going to do it. You're like, man, my espresso roast. What would be a meaningful sacrifice for you? How about sweets? Could you go, could you go three days, right, without the Pop-Tarts? Or three weeks, can you imagine? Whatever it is. For those of you who it's not food, you may not participate physically. Get creative. I love this. 
I have a friend who heard about the fast, and, but she's on blood thinners. And so she came up to me and she said, it's actually dangerous to mess with my diet. And, uh, and she said, but I'm really into Facebook. She is a power user. I will not out her right now. <laughs> she is like every 50 minutes, status update. She's like that. And I was like, what if you fast from, from Facebook for, for, you know, 21 days? She's like, that's a great idea. And she's like, three weeks? She couldn't, she's like, what would I do with myself? I'm like, you'd seek God's face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Miracles happen. Miracles. She's fasting from Facebook for the next 21 days. Maybe you can't do food. Maybe you're going to fast from television. You're going to fast from test- texting. <gasps> OMG, no way. You're going to be encouraged. This is a church-wide fast I'm kind of calling for. Pastor Ryan, he put together the coolest uh, 21-day fasting guide for our students. Every day, our youth are going to be challenged this spring to fast from something that kind of controls them or they're addicted to. Video games, for instance, right? Twitter. And instead, use that time to actually read devotionally, press and pray to God, and pray for one another. Again, if you feel distant from God, if you're like, man, I'm not that spiritual. I don't, really, I don't even read God's word. That's the whole point. <laughs> Fasting's a way to reignite your passion for God. Because it puts before you your hunger, something that's always there and always reminding you of him. Personally, one of the things that I'm fasting for is that God would actually stir up 500 people to join me on this Daniel fast starting next Sunday, March 27th, and ending April 17th. We're actually not going to start this week, okay? I don't, want, I don't want you to hand this contract in today. Where's my little contract here? Here it is. Do not take a look at this thing. Pray about it. Think it over. Talk with your life group this week. Really say, God, is this something you want me to consider? Don't take this out of guilt or anything. Be like, oh, that's not going to be relevant to me for next week. It's not what we're talking about the whole time. We're talking about breakthrough. But what would God have you fast for? What are, where are you desperate to see God's power in your life or family? This isn't for me. This, isn't for, this is for you. And the reward, is, the reward is simple. You know what the reward is? You know what the reward is? It's more of God. It's more of God. A fresh filling of his spirit in your life this spring. Here's my question. In 21 days, what will be different in your life because of your resolve to make your body a living sacrifice? What will be different? Or what will be the same? Because you said, oh, you know, so I'm just not. So here's the deal. If you're open to this, what I want you to do this week is actually pray about it. Resolve, like Daniel did, and say, God, what are you calling me to consider sacrificing for you? Write it down. Bring it back next Sunday. And then on Monday, March 28th, we're going to begin our Daniel fast together. For those of you who are fasting food, you'll start very simple with, uh, you know, fruits and veggies. We'll pray for one another. And then on April 17th, this is kind of a, a historic first, we're going to come together as one church to end this fast with a special Palm Sunday service actually in Montclair, the home of our new campus. This is the first time all of our campuses, Morristown, New Brunswick, online, we're going to close the doors here and come together in one location for one epic worship service and break the fast. Breakfast, that's where we get breakfast. And we're going to celebrate God's word. We're gonna, I'm going to preach the gospel. We're going to see people saved, and we're going to break that fast together. You with me? Anyone with me? Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to pray right now and give you a moment. I want to dedicate this next three weeks to God, okay, this spring. Let's bow our heads. All our campuses, pray with me. God, I'm, um, I'm excited about what you're doing, even now, Lord, in this, this little corner of your church called Liquid. I sense your spirit is moving in a new way. I know you are in my life. And so, God, I ask right now for your people, Father. I pray right now for, for, the, for the people who have been hungering and thirsting, and you're answering their prayers right now, God, for a deeper experience of you, God. I pray that we will see miracles this spring. We will see things that can't be explained by human terms. 
because of what we're sacrificing. God, it's not, we don't, we don't deserve it. We're not earning it. We're not getting you to do stuff. We're just saying we're hungry to see your presence and your power. God, there's so many needs here, Jesus, so many needs. I pray for people who are going to be healed, Lord, over the next three weeks. I pray for the families, Lord, the marriages that are going to be literally saved, resurrected from the dead, the guidance people will see, Lord, with relationships or job situations, that you're going to illuminate their path and help them around this road, Lord God. So we dedicate this fast to you, and we do it for the glory and in the name and power of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.